Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's uh, Thursday afternoon. I... uh... I want to do something about tefillah, uh, sponsored as always by Mishpacha Savansky. I wasn't going to do, but somebody asked me to say something about Hashivenu Avinu Sarasecha, that whole part. Um, a good friend of the podcast, and I'm happy to do so. I don't know if I ever spoke about it in the past. It was very interesting um, interest or request for Nasiris Meitshub, and I'll get right into it. As far as I'm aware. Um, that's the only prayer we have. We ask for Chuba Shlema. Chuba Shlema. I can't, excuse me, I can't think. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't think offhand uh, where you have a prayer, give me Chuba Shlema. Uh, think, for example, compare it with what you say in Yom Kippur, where the language is altogether different. I'm talking about Chazal's language. Altogether different. When you read on uh, the Shemonesri uh, on Yom Kippur, it's more like a Ryunanosi, you know, that the Yom Kippur is not a freebie. Uh, right? this, that, and so forth. In other words, let this day affect Kapora Stamazoi. Notice it doesn't say, as you might imagine, wouldn't that be uh, uh, appropriate? But it doesn't say that. The, you know, the closest you get, which is not the same thing as Tarly being loved Chabemis, but not really. You know, not really. <clears throat> so it's actually an interesting question. What's the story with this Hashimenu business? And I can only tell you uh, my thoughts, as always. Uh, <clears throat> I would say, it's very interesting that this is uh, a prayer that was composed by kind of a rationalistic group. We don't necessarily say that all the different 18, 19 Shemonesri's paragraphs are from the same person. You might say Shimon Cotton, you know, arranged it or something like that. But it doesn't mean he authored it. Maybe did, maybe did not. <clears throat> okay? Uh, and I'll tell you where I'm coming. Uh it's not exactly your typical mystical prayer. It's 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 rather different. It's yeshivish rational, uh, as I see it, which is just very interesting. Uh, when you say that's a tall order. Raise your hand if you really, honestly, 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 going to do a chuvah shalema on even this year Yom Kippur. That's hard. Chuvah shalema means you know like chuvah miav or things like that. It's a goal. And maybe somebody hits it in some area or another. And perhaps with one individual behavior or another, let's say your favorite Avera of the year, uh, if you, it's possible they'll completely get rid of that and convert it to a mitzvah. And all. You know, it's possible. But I don't think it's common at all, if you're honest. right? If we're not honest, you can go and hear a shmoo somewhere. But if you're honest, you know, who does Tshuva Shlema? We're happy if you do Tshuva at all. 
And every more helps. If somebody can say, I went through Yom Kippur, I did 10% too, but that's already an accomplishment as far as I'm concerned. If he can do 20, 30, 40%, it's mamish an accomplishment. Uh, that's the real world as far as I can see, not the world of speeches. And in that context, to have a special prayer punished in monastery every day, to recite it possibly multiple times a day, I want a tshuva shlema. That ain't push it. Now, how does somebody get a tshuva shlema? I'm serious. I'm not being funny. I'm serious. How do you get a tshuva shlema to that kind of level? Well, it's possible a person can just sit there and have his bindedness. You know, Israel Salanter style, something like that. Malcolm Breslover style. And, you know, just think through, Oi, me, Rabbi Shalom, Adinavera, so terrible. I mean, that's certainly no question about it. That's possible. And I'm sure that there are some individuals that do that, but it's rare. <clears throat> okay? The average individual doesn't do that. Because it's hard. Now, it's not hard, but it's hard. In other words, it's not beyond anybody's capacity, but it requires a certain energy. And I don't honestly think, generally speaking, people are like that. I don't think so. Uh, so, it's just interesting. You want to chew, I'll say it again. Why don't you just say, So, that's very interesting. If you think about it, logically, at least if I do, what you, it's not something that can happen like I just said it. But rather, as all the Musser books tell you, especially the mystical ones, it can be the culmination of a process. Think, for example, the Misil Sharm. First you do Zerihiras, Zerizas, whatever it is, you know, first this, then that, then, the, you know, the Kiyas, Tara, whatever the order is. In other words, you can get there eventually. <clears throat> you see? You get there eventually. But it don't happen that you're just there, and then the next thing you flip, because you had an experience, and now you're holding by Shuba Shlema. I'll say it again. These are words that are bandied about. To Shuba Shlema is a tall order. It's a very lofty goal. Ashrei mi sheyeshlo Shuba Shlema. Okay, I mean Shlema. Uh, now, so how does somebody get there? Especially somebody's tied down with all kind of things in life, whether it's work or interpersonal relationships or all the other things that complicate a person's life. Normally speaking, because that's how people are. We're all social animals to one degree or another. Not all, but most. And what's it mean, Shuba Shlema? Um, so. <clears throat> It's very interestingly constructed. What it says is like this. Now, the truth of the matter is you ain't going to get there unless you find some connection to learning and it works for you. Okay? If I tell somebody you got to go to Dafyomi or everybody in the neighborhood will make fun of you, that's a chance of not listening. You know what I mean? But if you found the Dafyomi, I'm just using that for example. It could be any share. <clears throat> if you found one that really clicks and like somebody's online things, and people say, wow, this is really great. You could totally see that the learning, if it's done in the right spirit, meaning if it if it if if it feels good, the learning, not that you're doing because you have to do it, or you're supposed to do it, which is also my trick. I'm not making fun of that at all. But I'm talking about, you know, if you do because you 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 like to, you want to do it, comes part of you, however you want to phrase it, then that often leads to a person. I mean, I've seen it many times. Person, very quietly, not announcing anything like this, make up his mind or her mind very silently and say, I'm not going to do this this particular thing anymore. 
Matter of fact, that's why everybody who's in the rabbinate knows that, you know, schmoozes aren't that good, but shiurim work. By that I mean, if you have a gold speech about something, eh, in one ear after the other, you know, or or it has a five-minute flash in the pan. Let's say you're a good speaker, so it works for five minutes. You understand? But in the absence of the learning, it's it's not so effective. On the other hand, if you know people are doing something wrong, or they're not acting in the way you want to have it, the most effective thing that I know about, and I, th- I think most pulpit rabbis will agree with me, I think, and probably cure professionals, but I don't know, I've never been that. The, the most effective way is you get this person, male or female, whatever it is, into a shear, and they get into the swing of things, and sooner or later, their particular avera will pop up. But it's you know, but it's only in the context of just general learning. Uh, I'll give you an example. This is a, a, an easy example. Let's say the person's problem is uh, rechilas. Let's just say it is right. I know it doesn't happen in Baltimore, but they tell me it happens in other towns. <laughs> uh, so let's say your problem is rechilas. Uh, if you tell a person you give a speech, oh, you should enter Rechilas, eh, not going to work. Not really. On the other hand, let's say a person gets in, goes to a shear, he gets into learning, and he likes he likes it. He likes the Magad shear, he likes the the, the the Hevra, let's say, for example. He likes the style of delivery, whatever it is, right? And therefore, he likes the content. Sooner or later, somewhere along the line, the subject of Rechilas is going to come up. Now, nobody said anything to that person directly. You see, on the contrary. It's the most powerful indirection that works. But when he reads, and let's say, for example, he reads in the Gemara, anybody uh, does Rechil is uh, burn in hell. I don't know, whatever. Right? Just for example, it clicks with him or her. Could be a lady. It doesn't matter. Right? It clicks with him. And even though you have 20, 30 people at the shear, and everybody's looking the same, really inside of one person, Mr. X or Mrs. X, is a revolution going on. <laughs> It's a very quiet, interesting revolution. And they say, you know something? I think we're done. <laughs> Me and Rechilas are done. <laughs> yeah, Doesn't announce it to anybody. Doesn't say nothing. You, you get my point? Right? You see? So that, I think, we see from experience does actually work. And I imagine it worked throughout history. That's the idea in Pigoacha Menuvel Zuashke Beisam Medrash. You know, Kamor Shabbat Torah Lamutov. Which sounds like a familiar type of art. But... It actually has worked. Now, there's no guarantee. Just because somebody likes learning doesn't automatically mean he or she is going to flip. But it happens, and I would say it happens not rarely in my experience. <laughs> it's very interesting. Now, I give an extreme example of Achilles. There are a lot of little things. <clears throat> you know, saying people act this way, that way, and shul, and family, all the rest of it. Could be the way they, they keep Shabbos, which things they observe, not observe. A lot of people don't know about this particular thing on Shabbos. And then sooner or later it comes across some shear and the subject pops up and they read about it either in the Gemara or, or uh, it could be Kitsha Shogar, it doesn't matter what. And a little revolution goes on in their head and say, you know, from now on, I'm not going to tell anybody, but from now on, I'm going to do this in my family, we're going to do this and this on Shabbos. You see? And what did it was uh, the, 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 the text, <laughs> if you could say it, right? It was the text because the text does not point a finger at you unless you want it to. The text is just, they're neutral. See, a, a speaker, uh, a person giving a Muslim Shemusah, is pointing at you. If he's pointing, even though he could be speaking to a crowd, uh, so he's not directly addressing you, but in a certain sense, the physical proximity with the person in the room is pointing at you. 
You know, there's a famous story. There's a famous story. We saw Salanter. This is an extreme. Famous story. We saw Salanter. They say that uh, no, he saw Salanter, and <laughs> he was in some shul, I think, in Kovna, if I remember correctly. And one of these itinerant magids came through. There used to be guys that floated from shul to shul and gave a schmooze or something like that. They had a couple of speeches memorized or whatever. And after the speech, whatever it is, could be between Minchamar. After the speech, you know, the people would collect 10, 20 cents, 30 cents, something like that. And, you know, he moved on. Uh, and that's what he did. And if these guys wanted to really make a rhythm, they would curse out the people, criticize them for their averas, and so on and so forth. So some guy, the story is, came to a little shtibel somewhere in Kovna and spoke to him in Chamarev. And, you know, I don't know what he criticized him for, this, that, and the other. And... He was really letting him have it, and this tree Michamarv, he was Salanter was there. He got up and ran out of the out of the shul, which you can just imagine what a scene that would be, right? It's like a movie. Just imagine a scene, and the guy was like polishing, and he stopped the speech and he ran out, and he caught him in the alley. And he said, "What happened? Why'd you leave?" And Yisrael Salanter was like, this, "Do you have to embarrass me publicly?" <laughs> you understand? Do you have to embarrass me publicly? That is the problem of direct speech. However, by contrast, if it's a text, I'm reading something in the Chumash, I'm reading something in the Gemara or the Rambam, wherever it is. That wasn't written for me, meaning with me in mind. It was written hundreds of years ago, maybe longer. So the message stands on its own, you see? The power of the message is the message. And therefore, if I choose, if I'm in the right frame of mind, and I choose to say that's talking to me, <laughs> right? So that's my choice. I'm in charge. I'm in control. Nobody else in control. Nobody's violating my space. I'm permitting my space to be entered. That's a completely different experience. And then the result is that the person can change. And I mean, really change. I've seen it. I bet you, um, if there are other pulpit rabbis listening to this, I would imagine that they've had the same experience. It's not unique. And it's really cool. Hence, the idea of the prayer. Whoever wrote it, in my opinion, was... It was was thinking along those lines because get us back into learning. When you're davening, the really the 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 point of the prayer is So the point of that paragraph in the Shemun Esrei is you're blessing God because He like encourages you, wants you to repent. Okay, fine, but if the goal. You know what I'm saying? Imagine, I mean, that's A. That's B. That's C. So C is the goal. Okay? A and B are introductory clauses. C is the goal. So if you're having a prayer for Tshuva Shlema, I repeat, that's not a, a small order. Tshuva Shlema. So um, how do you do that? Now, the guy could have simply said, and it's just words. It's not practical. That's what I mean when I say whoever composed this prayer, in my opinion, uh, was, I don't want to say non-mystical, because it is a mystical concept, but relatively non-mystical. I hate to use the word litvish, but you know that that's what I mean. Um, in which case, don't give him a schmooze, don't give him nothing. Get me into a shear that I like. Or get me a safer that I like. And make it that that makes me want to have a greater closeness to you. Because that's what that means. 
Again, I repeat, really, you think it would say, Oh Lord, give us Dvekas. Like you say, for example, before you say Shema, you know, uh, what's the right, what am I thinking of? Uh, you know, uh, the Dvekas thing, right? Uh, well, whatever I'm, whatever the words are, it escapes me. Uh, even there, it doesn't say Dabek Becha, it says Dvekas in the Mitzvahs. Right? And here also, it'd be Dvekas in the Avoda. It's it's not so mystical that, to say we want to cling to you. Although there are prayers that say that. But this, I'll tell you again, it sounds to me like a very literature type of thing. Bring us to the Avoda. What does that mean? Bring us close to the Avoda. It's the same idea. If I do the learning right, notice if it meshes together with me, then the Avoda will be something I do with greater uh, Hislavas or less rote. Let's put it that way. is a kirva to the to the avoda. Now, when I do a a, a, a mitzvah I wrote, which is how you do most of your mitzvahs, if you're honest, uh, you're not carved to it. You, you see what I'm saying? I mean, you do it. Everybody says shakol nebedvoro. Not many people think shakol nebedvoro. Honestly, correct? Uh, you know, and the person is praying to do that. So wait a minute. If you help me in my learning, you help me in my avoda, which can mean the prayers or the mitzvahs, then guess what? Then we're already talking about having a good chance. That's a good that's a good prep for actually making a leap and doing a tshuva Not just a tshuva, but a tshuva shlema. That's a high madrega. That's a, really something. And I'll say it again. It's kind of funny that we don't have this language exactly... I don't think so. I can't recall. We have this language in the Yom Kippur liturgy itself, in the Shemonesri and whatever on Yom Kippur. But you have it three times a day. It's kind of funny. <clears throat> now, um, the the uh, uh, notion of coming close to God is very mystical. The notion of coming close to God's avoda is not so mystical. That's a practical matter. Make me close to the to, you know to the things that serve you to the mitzvahs. Um, okay. You can definitely understand that everybody can use upgrade in their mitzvahs, especially the uh, Benon Lamaka mitzvahs. You can always use an upgrade in that because, uh, you know, how close are you to it mentally? When they say close, they're talking about mental, not talking about physical close, they're talking about mental close. All right, <laughs> so here we have just an interesting concept. Now, the term Hashivainu is very interesting because why did you simply say like this? What are you asking God to, to, to return you to the Torah? Sit down and learn. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're an adult. What do you need help for? Anytime you want to do it, you know, the shul is here, the, the, the art scroll is there, everything's there, go and do it. But life is not constituted that way. <laughs> you understand? Life is not constituted that way. To be successful in learning, and by successful, I mean that you like it and all the rest of it, you have to have X number of things. I'll just give an example. Suppose a guy has the misfortune to go through all 12 years of school with bad rebbies. When I say bad rebbies, none of them turn him on. Maybe it's his fault, maybe it's the rebbies' fault, that doesn't even matter. Right? In the long run, it doesn't matter. Bottom line, it was a failure. You know, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, no shaykhs, the rebbe was a boring, this and the other, is a turnoff. It's not his fault, if you want to be honest. It's a bummer. It's bad luck. It's not his fault. You get what I'm saying? There are plenty of people, he and she, male, female, who 
are not into learning, enthusiastic or anything like that, they have no Kesha really with the Torah, because of the circumstances of their life. I mean, it's a lot like that. Had this guy had my Rebbe, things would have been different. Haven't you heard people say that? Or maybe the other way around. The guy said, if I had his Rebbe. Now, you can always be a cynic and say, yeah, you always want to look for excuse, blah, blah, blah. But it's not an excuse. It really is true. I could name names, but I'm not going to. I've had my good rabbis. I've had my bad ones, just like everybody else. Uh, it's a good thing I had the good ones. Because the good ones turned me on. The bad ones turned me off. That's how life goes. So a person can be born in a city, or this, or circumstances, or interact with this mechan chim of those, or this rabbi of those, or you may end up making a mistake which yeshiva you go to. It happens a lot, okay? A lot. Uh, and you never get lucky enough to switch to the other yeshiva where things would have been better. I repeat, that goes for boys and girls. This Beisiaka was a was a negative. Had she gone to that Beisiaka or some school like that, it would have been a positive. I mean, we, we know this. So at the end of the day, Hakel totally by Mazel. There's a lot of Mazel on there. Uh, of course, there are some people that have a low IQ. I don't know what to call you know. In other words, some people, they're not going to be successful for, for I don't want to say medical reasons, but you know what I mean, that kind of thing. But most people, it's not like that. Most people, is a question of circumstance, and if you're fortunate enough to be in the right place at the right time. Right place at the right time. And we all know, person had a good rabbi or something like that, the hashpah is there for many years later. And the opposite is also, is the opposite. So, in that sense, you really need divine help for to, to get the right shit when it comes to the Torah teacher. Now, I don't have to make this speech to parents of high school and post-high school kids. That's a problem they face every day. Right? The kid has reached a certain age, boy or girl. Question is, where are you going to send them to high school, for example? Or seminary? Or yeshiva or something like that? Everybody's totally aware of what I'm talking about. Which is, you need big mazel, you need siyatishmah to make sure it's the right place. For all I know, it could be a good yeshiva, and it'll end up with a terrible roommate who uh, molests them or something. Who knows? You know, all kind of stuff happens. This is the hashivenu v'nutzor tzecho. So therefore, you're asking God to help you out on the way. We don't say, well, do it on your own. Um, life is not like that, necessarily. Not everybody is, you know... You can, you can swim against the tide and do it on your own, no matter what the things are that are out there. Most of us are affected by our surroundings and our circumstances. And uh, it could be, I'll just give you one recent example. It could be that, um, how should I put it? Without the art scroll, you wouldn't have the dafiumi. Now, there are plenty of people now to learn. So that's an exaggeration. But it's not that big of an exaggeration. It's tons of people out there. I mean, tons. That without the art scroll, they wouldn't be shocked to any dafiumi. And... They also wouldn't be, you know, uh, and it could be Steinzel, it doesn't matter what it is. You see? That's how Shivenu Vilsorsecha. An aid, AID, popped up that, you know, entered the, the scene. A technological aid, an intellectual aid, somebody wrote a safer to explain it. And clearly, could be a cartoon, the Mishnah's cartoons, or anything like Whatever, it doesn't matter. But the point, of, the point of the thing is like this thanks to this edition or this thing, now I have Shaykhus to this. Right? I'm always talking about Nakudas. There are some people out there that can't read without Nakudas. You understand? Uh, just think about that. So, you need help to be 
to to be returned to the Torah or, or make you live with the Torah. Uh, and it requires a lot of ducks to be in a row. And it requires, you know, they have the right the Chavruz and the right personnel, the right Magad Shid, the right Rebbeim, the right roommates, the right this, that, and the other. But Karvenu Malkin Secha. If you're endowed with that, then you're on the road. Because Hachazirenu is, oh, again, kind of funny. Don't ask God to be machzir you to tshuva. Do the tshuva. You know, again, right? What are you, a baby? You know, uh, it should be repent. What do you mean? The, the answer to that, I'm arguing, is if you help with the hashivenu part and the karvenu malkinu v'nesecha part, the mail that come, what is basically happening is because you are making it that I can do this tshuva, which I repeat is a tall order. Tshuva is a tall order. So um, it's a very thought provoking um, kind of uh, uh, paragraph that we see uh, three times a day. I'm not sure how much time, uh, how much uh, diukim people make in language, but there is what to be medayik in there because it is kind of funny. Uh, and um, I'll say it again. The Shulu is a is a is a tall a goal. Many uh, speak about it, of course, but to actually hit it um, is tricky. And by the way, since every Yom Kippur, imagine trying to do two Shlema on a Benon La Chavero. I mean, Benon Lamakam, I could totally hear it. Person used to do this on Shabbos. He knew he shouldn't do it on Shabbos. Nobody was looking, and he did it. Now. For whatever reason, like I say, he came across a Gemara, he read a Mishnah board, whatever the thing was, and as a result, it's too slim. He just said, you know, this is over. That part of my life is over. I'm moving on. That's the Baal Shub experience of the 20th and 21st century. Nothing wrong with it, right? Where the person doesn't sit around all day long and say, whoa, it's me until I was 15 or 25. I used to eat a ham sandwich. That's not how people think. People say, that was yesterday. I changed. I said, too Shlema. Okay, you know, it's, it's it's all gone. That all of it was was another part of my life. It's all gone. Uh, but there are other things over there where it's not so simple. So Benam Lachavero is not so simple because you left a train wreck behind you. Um, I've spoken about that many times. I don't want to repeat myself. But when you have Benam Lachavero, it's a train wreck you left behind you. There you have to pick up the pieces, and and the, and the persons that were uh, you know. Impacted by what you did, but Benon Lamakom, it's not. I don't want to sound silly. It's not so hard, but the formula would be Hashivenu Vinus Arsecha, and then usually that'll result in Karvenu Makila Arsecha. And by doing that, by doing that, Hachizrim Shuvah you, O Lord, will have caused me to do a Shuvah Shlema by making it that I got that me and the learning got connected better. And make it therefore that me and the avoda got uh, connected better. What you actually did was make it that I that you, that you returned me in a tuba shlemo lefonecha. That's what I think is going on in this uh, paragraph. Uh, I'm sure there's more, but these are um, I think important to you, Kim. Once again, I want to thank Mishpacha Savansky for sponsoring the uh, Tefillah podcast, and um, I wish everybody a good Shabbos. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.com.
www.rabbidavidkatz.com.